Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at NOMCASTpod.com. Follow us on the socials at NOMCASTpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Start eight twenty two thirty five. We introduce this podcast, cracking one open with Mike and Elise, as we adventure to drink a new beer. Elise calls this beer Stargazer, and hence my Star Trek spoof. <laughs> Professor, tell me what are we drinking? <laughs> Took a few tries, but we got there. That was good. That was worth it. This week, we are cracking open Stargazer, a New England-style double IPA from Connecticut Valley Brewing Company located in South Windsor, Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut Valley is independently owned and operated family business founded by two Connecticut locals who had dreamt of opening a brewery for many years and have always wanted to create a place where the community could gather and enjoy each other's company. Aww. So Connecticut Valley opened their facility in early 2018 in South Windsor, and it is situated in the heart of the Connecticut Valley, just five minutes away from the banks of the beautiful Connecticut River. Their logo, which I love the the retro style of, uh, they explain is the F4U Corsair airplane, which is apparently the Connecticut state airplane. I didn't know that was a thing. We have a state airplane. Right. That's cool, I guess. (laughs) And a great testament to the spirit of the state. They say, because we feel community is important, our company is highlighting some of the state's great industries and adventure spots by featuring them on our cans. These people and places have not only inspired our own lives and the life of the brewery, but they also honor the places we've come to live, love, and grow in. And I have to say, I'll leave the rest of the the artwork commentary up to you, but if you go to their website, ctvalleybrewing.com, all of their artwork is like, Super detailed and just beautiful, like across the board. And each can series has its own kind of style, like a unique style. Either they have a whole bunch of different artists or like one extremely talented dude. <laughs> one talented dude. dude, or dude. <laughs> so um, definitely check that out. But let's get to the beer, shall we? Let's. <laughs> Connecticut Valley describes Stargazer like this. Quote, Galaxy and Vic Secret Hops combine in Stargazer, the latest in our Galaxy series, to bring you this bold New England double IPA at 8.1%. This brew- I did tell you I didn't eat yet today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good thing I've been drinking some water. <laughs> 
at 8.1%, this brew is forward but smooth, showcasing the tropical characteristics of these two Australian hops, opening with a deep citrus aroma before easing into notes of pineapple and passion fruit. End quote. So, of course, the word series piqued my interest. Uh, however, I did not see any other members of the Galaxy series at our local liquor store, but they include Midnight City, Cosmic Circus, Fueled by Gravity, and Cetus. I want to say Fueled by Gravity and that first one you said sounded familiar. Midnight City. Midnight City. What, what was the band that did the um, Elysium soundtrack? Oh. I'm on this. I'm on this. Midnight City is a song by M83. Yeah, and M83 and did like did the did Oblivion. Oblivion, not Elysium. Okay. Yeah. See, I I was I Which was is halfway a there. Fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. Fantastic is. movie. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Midnight City, Cosmic Circus, Fueled by Gravity, and Cetus, which is uh, a constellation and the name of a sea monster in Greek mythology. The monster is horrifying. It looks like a, a mermaid and a mole had a really stupid looking baby. <laughs> Does um, it look like the thing that uh, at the end of Cabin in the Woods? The merman? <laughs> I don't recall, but it's actually, it's supposed to be associated with a whale. It looks nothing like a whale. Okay. Um, You'll have to show me. Yeah. Anyway, the, the whole sea monster thing makes sense in that the constellation is in the same region of the sky as other water-related constellations like Aquarius and Pisces. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what all of these beers have in common is the use of galaxy hops. And if I'm not mistaken, the other hops that they use in, in each beer are all Australian as well. Oi. So galaxy hops we have talked about before, but it's been a minute. And I found a really interesting history on Australian hops that I apparently just completely missed the first time around. Um, so here we go. This is actually from the Kegerwriter website, which is an excellent resource for, for hop information. That's interesting. Yeah. Hop farming in Australia came on the heels of the continent's colonization. It all started with a rather colorful father of Australian hop cultivation, also thought to be the founder of Australia's first commercial brewery. James Squire came to Australia in 1788 after being convicted of stealing a neighbor's chickens. <laughs> and this is after being arrested for highway robbery several years before. Oh, Australia. <laughs> but... The change in scenery did little to mend his ways. He was charged with stealing once again, though this time, instead of chickens, it was whorehound, which is a medicinal herb also used in brewing beer at the time. He was given a reduced sentence of 150 lashes for the crime. Oh, only. <laughs> only. Uh, and Squire was free by 1792 and granted 30 acres of land. 30 acres what that's not fair right <laughs> although i didn't get lashed 105 times <laughs> so he immediately went around buying plots around his for a measly shilling a piece and over the course of a few years he built up his plot to close to a thousand acres that is wild that's nuts yo <laughs> that's because no one wants to hang out with the death spiders that are in australia yeah that's true everything wants to kill you <laughs> Uh, anyway, he started a farm and later opened a tavern, 
the Malting Shovel Tavern, whatever that means. I like it. (laughs) Where he served beer that he had brewed with his own hops to any weary traveler in need of refreshment. Jump ahead to today, and the main player in Australian hops is Hop Products of Australia, or HPA, which controls about 90% of the production. Uh, HPA owns two farms that have been growing hops since before 1866, and these are two of the oldest continuously operating hop farms in the world. So that's pretty cool. Galaxy Hops are HPA's greatest success, and Galaxy Hops uh, quickly found popularity with Australian brewers as well as those in other countries. The variety has one of the highest percentage of essential oils known, making its fruity aroma and flavor character extremely unique and inviting. It's intense and potent, described as musky tropical fruit like passion fruit, apricot, and key lime, with dank citrus and earthy black currant. Since this has Austra- uh, essential oils in it, mm-hmm. is it healthy? Like, can we just say it's like a health beverage now? Ooh, I like that spin. <laughs> so Vic Secret Hops were developed in 2000 into Victoria, Australia. Get it? Get it? I thought it was named after the underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vic Secret, not Victoria's Secret. <laughs> it's underwear for dudes. <laughs> Developed alongside sister variety Topaz, but weren't commercially harvested until 2013. Much like other Australian varieties, Vic Secret developed a reputation for its high alpha acid content and oil composition that imparts pungent tropical fruits, as well as some spice and pine. It's also ideal for dry hopping, but late kettle additions really emphasize its earthiness while its fruitiness gets lost. Womp womp. Um, and it's most often used in pale ales, IPAs, stouts, and porters. And that's it. So it's used in a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> very, uh, very versatile. That's cool. That's Depending cool. That's on cool. What, what flavors you want to impart. Let's crack this baby open. To the beer! And through the magic of editing, we're back. Hear ye, hear ye. Ah, let's <laughs> open this beer. I've done a lot of like weird voices today. You have. That's, mm, that's fine. I think it's because you're sleep deprived. Yeah, and food deprived. Mm. I'm hungry. But it's a good well, thing I mean, this is liquid, liquid bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Nice. We both got good cracks on that one. We did, usually on the weak cracker. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, this is a lot lighter visually than I expected. Well, maybe if they gave the SRM. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm real salty about the SRM not being everywhere. A little bit. I mean, me too. It would make my, oh, sediment. It's like you're looking at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's not sparkly. Yeah, so I would say if you don't like sediment, this is not going to be yeah, the we're gonna, beer for you. This yeah. is hardcore sedimenty. This is probably more than I've seen in most everything. Truth. Not that sediment's a bad thing, but if you as for long some as reason I can't feel it in my mouth. Yeah. That's what I care about. Sometimes you can't, sometimes you can. All right. So decent head. Fruity notes. Golden orange color. Ooh, very fruity. Passion fruit, pineapple. Very passion fruit. I don't get any of the key lime they were talking about though. At least not on the nose. I got some on my first sniff and now I don't get it. Now I'm just getting uh passion fruit and papaya and double IPA. <laughs> that's right. I said double IPA is a smell. It does have a specific <laughs> smell. It's like that's a double IPA most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's true. You ready for this? 
I'm just amazed that the sediment is not falling like most other beers. It's true. It's almost like it's like suspended. All right, let's do this. Clink it and drink it. Ooh, fruit. Holy sweet. Very sweet. I was not expecting that to be so sweet, but the sweet cuts out the fact that it's a double IPA. For sure. It has very little aftertaste. It does go away pretty quickly. I just have like this sweet sensation in my mouth, but I don't have any of the taste in my mouth anymore. Yeah. And it's not bitter. Not like at I, all. I, and to be honest, I really don't get the dank aspects of the, the hops either. Um, no, I get a, it's pretty dank. It just hits you right before the sweetness hits you. Mm, and then it kind of like balances out. All right. Let me, let me go in again. Yeah, no, you're right. That's accurate. Bless you. What's nice is I can't. Our third co-host just sneezed. <laughs> What's nice is that I can't obviously taste or feel the, well, I might be able to taste. I can't feel the sediment, which is nice. No, not at all. It's definitely a heavier beer. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I'm guzzling through this right now because it's really good. I was going to say. And it's really sweet. But this this time of year, I feel like a heavier beer is is fine. Oh, no, absolutely. You're not sitting out on the deck unless you live in like San Diego, yeah. bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're sitting, you're inside. At this point, you're, you're, you're going to be inside for a while. Although yeah. this weekend, it's supposed to be 70 degrees when we're recording this whoop, in the whoop. beginning of November, which is mm-hmm. crazy because we live in Connecticut. I wonder but, if the flex are the stars, the stargazer. Oh, you think this is on purpose? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, because that's what I made the or, joke about. But. I mean, not that the sediment is on purpose, but that it maybe inspired the name. Oh, maybe. It is weird how much it floats compared to everything. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm drinking more of the liquid, some of it's settling, but mm-hmm. not much. But it's it's very sweet. It's very fruity. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the key liminess in that flavor is kind of taking back some of that papaya. Yeah, it's yeah, which is nice because so it's not like sickeningly sweet. Uh, yeah, like that the maybe. citrus oh, of the yeah. lime kind of balances it out. Absolutely, I think the citrus also and the citrus like it's like almost like a biting sweetness, like in a lime or a lemon mm-hmm. mixed with the papaya, all cuts out that that burning that that strength of a double IPA. I feel like the liminess also probably cuts out some of the taste that you get at the end. So it's not papaya all the way through. It's just a quick burst of papaya. And you know, I'm, when you, because I just made that burp. <laughs> <laughs> when you burp, you really get that kind of limey sensation. I get the lime mouth. back when I burp. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get it. I wasn't going to say that because it's kind of gross, but I, I do agree. But no, this is surprisingly... Like I said, it is, it is heavy. You can't drink a bunch of them. I don't think and, you're supposed to. <laughs> it's a double IPA. You're not, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's easy drinking, surprising. Like, yeah. I'm, I am going through I, this. I am increasingly impressed with the, the double IPAs that we've been reviewing in terms of drinkability compared, mm-hmm. compared to the double IPAs that we were used to even like a year or two ago. True. Yeah. I'm thinking back to the classics, obviously, the ones that we had, Road to Ruin from Two Roads, Thimble Island, Ghost Island. Ghost Island, yep. Were kind of the two beginners, and I still love those. But they're very bitter, they whereas have that, these are more fruit forward. They're bitter, yeah, but I feel like they're trying to be a bitter IPA. Yeah, but yeah, do, it's a different style. They do burn, like there's an alcohol burn to them mm-hmm. that you're not going to get away from. And you're right that the newer ones that we've been drinking, I've we've both been Are impressed. deceptively, yeah. Yeah. I wonder... And we'll have to do it on the next episode. Look up like earliest double IPAs mm-hmm. and see like when the double IPA trend started. 
Yeah. That'd be interesting. Or restarted as it were. <laughs> Cause you know, everybody's just like, Oh, everybody's into IPA. Your hips are into IPA. And we've learned on this show that IPAs are crazy old. Yep. And we're, they're just coming back finally now. So I would almost wonder if, you know, Belgium 1723, that double IPAs were becoming a thing with the Gozes and then they kind of, now they're coming back into style. It is possible. So you want to see this Cetus creature? Oh yeah. Show me the Cetus. Aww. (laughs) Oh, I feel bad for him. He's definitely not a good swimmer with those little paddlers. And he's just got a real sad face, like, I'm the ugly sea creature. (laughs) I'm not mean looking. I'm not pretty looking. I don't move that good, but I'm here doing my thing. I'm just trying to imagine it swimming. And it's It's not. Yeah, it's not graceful. (laughs) And can I ask? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why does the Cetus have a neck beard? Ah, That's a good question. Are, Are you sure it's not gills? Maybe. No, my seed has got nostrils. My seed is a mammal. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it looks like a mole and a mermaid had a baby. Uh, this dude's my new Patronus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was expecting something hideous and I got something hilarious and adorable in that. Oh, it's so ugly. It's adorable kind Pitiful. of way. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of dig the colors on him. Mm-hmm. How pale and ugly he is on the body, but his head has a little bit of a a, a galaxy type color palette to it. Yep. And then the random fins down his head and back. Oh, that's just classic old timey sea, uh, monster. sea monster. Yeah. yeah. How do we make him more oceany? Let's put some fins. <laughs> put some fins on him. Where? Everywhere. <laughs> He's got fins where it doesn't even make sense for him to have fins. Yeah, right? Look at the around the <laughs> hind. It's not even a hind quarters, I guess you would call it. It's got on his stomach for no reason just because he was trying legs. to add extra space to whoever yeah. was drawing it. Cetus is ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm, I like it. I'm sad that we're not featuring Cetus because then we could talk about it. Oh, we talk more, shit about the but... Cetus all day <laughs> out of love. I love me that Cetus. <laughs> you better believe this. I love that Cetus. Oh, hey, that was terrible. And I apologize, but it was also hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> I really like this beer. Yeah. You know, I thought I'd like it because a, it's got stargazer in the name. So whatever, but I've heard mm-hmm. good things about uh, Connecticut Valley. Yeah. I just don't recall having anything personally from them before. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, unless they do drafts and I've had it at a restaurant once or twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might've had them at gathering of the binds. Oh, that's true. Maybe. At two roads. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Because we didn't go to we didn't get to go to last year. Although they did open in 2018 and that's the year we went. So it's possible. But but they they would have been a very new entry. Well, you got to brew your beer before you open. Yeah, that's true. So maybe they had been doing that. Yeah, definitely possible. Yeah. Anyway. This beer is really good. I was like, I thought I might like it. And then you said it was a double IPA. So I got scared of it. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, like I said, I'm really hungry today. (laughs) I didn't eat a lot yesterday. So I'm I'm really hungry. I've been downing water, but I was really expecting something more traditional IPA, I guess. Mm -hmm. For I don't know why. I figured a space and emptiness, smoothness. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I was thinking that. I just don't think anything. I think what it is, unless the name scares me, I don't think of anything like a double IPA. This doesn't have a name that Stargazer seems 
innocent. Light and breezy. Right. And also the name Stargazer is uh, Captain Picard's ship he was the commander of before he became captain of the Enterprise. Aww. Nerd alert. <laughs> That's a little hint of things you can uh, look forward to when we start our next <laughs> podcast, Making a Trekkie. <laughs> but I'm pleasantly surprised by this beer. Yeah. But I'm not wrapping things up yet because I got to talk about the can, which is also awesome. Very awesome. All right. So the can has both a space theme and a water theme, mm-hmm. like you were talking about, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's a wraparound can, so it doesn't fit the whole can top to bottom. Uh, I feel like this is a collectible can. I don't know. Where it's to so pretty. St- I don't know where to start with this. We'll start with the fact that it's got like a poster image saying on the top mm-hmm. with two stars as its bookends and very what postery I- font says it is written in the stars. What I really like is the use of negative space that takes advantage of the the shininess of the aluminum. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like even though there's the shiny aluminum in the actual logo, mm-hmm. there's aluminum on the can. So it all looks like it's all one. Yeah. yeah. So I would say all the writing is like a, a very shiny silver. <clears throat> and you've got a shiny silver band separating the sky from the water on the bottom. It is a night sky for most of the can with very illuminated stars. And a moon rising over the horizon of, and the uh, horizon is the ocean with a little bit of like an archipelago kind of thing coming up mm-hmm. on that archipelago in the background is some kind of Superman ripoff in the oh, background. Oh, really? He's got I didn't a, even see that. He's got a triangle emblem instead of a diamond and he's got something in his chest, which I can't see, which is probably indicative of something else Connecticut Valley does. Yeah. Out of the ocean is a mermaid popping out, reaching toward a very big star in the sky. Is she the stargazer? Is this Superman a stargazer? Are we the stargazer? Who knows? Stargazer is an awesome font. It's fancy. It's glitzy. It's 1940s, 1930s -hmm. movie poster font. Mm -hmm. It is shiny AF, uh, (laughs) even shinier than where it says written in the stars. And it is really beautiful. Uh, The mermaid's very little mermaid-esque. Um, with a black silhouette because she's on the opposite side of the moon, obviously, how we're looking at her. Underneath the silver band that shows us under the ocean, we see some fish, a slightly greener ocean, all just swimming around. And yeah, it's just a really well-drawn can. On the bottom under where the ocean is, because there's not much to see there, it says double New England style India pale ale. And that's all, written in kind of like an adventurer's font. Like Indiana Jones, which works because then we get the Connecticut Valley logo, yep. which is very, very, very detailed uh, with that plane and stuff, but also really dope. Galaxy and Vic Secret Hops is above the logo. Then you get Keep Refrigerated, one pint or 473 milliliters for anyone watching or anyone listening other than the United States. <laughs> uh, 8.1% alcohol by volume. On the right of the can, you get the Connecticut Valley logo again. Brewing can by Connecticut Valley Brewing Company, South Windsor, Connecticut. The government warning, the barcode is the state, which again, I've said time and time again, I really like when the barcode is the state. Same. And then, boom, we get Superman's new diamond uh, emblem. And that means it is the Galaxy series. Oh, That's the, it's a okay. diamond with a hop in it. Or not a diamond. It's just this uh, triangle, upside down triangle emblem with a hop in it. And a star field in it to make it kind of embossed. This is Galaxy Series. So he is our mascot of the Galaxy Series. He brings us, I guess, into every can. And I'm guessing he's hidden on every can. Interesting. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, because I definitely didn't notice it. This can is awesome. This can is super, super interesting to look at. Very detailed. 
the Connecticut Valley Brewing Company logo is really cool. I'd love to have a sticker of that. It's mm-hmm. really neat. There's a glowing starfish on the bottom of the can. Ah. This is really one of those cans where, like you said, it is kind of a collectible can. I can look at this for a long time mm-hmm. and like find new things that I like about the can. It is really pretty. Uh, this is just a good looking can art, which, again, draws people attention. You know, you either have very simple can art that really kind of describes your beer. Yeah. Straight to the point. Or you, you know what you're do, getting. Yeah. Or you do descriptive stuff and make it look pretty and make it stand out. Make that be something people want in the store to look at at least. And then hope that the description or the can is enough to make people go, mm, I guess I'll give it a try. Yeah. Which we've also said is great for newer breweries popping up like 2018. It's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Really pretty can art. Drives people to see it. Then they know they like it. They'll get anything else that's got Connecticut Valley. Even if the next can art is, I'm sure Connecticut Valley is going to keep to a nice can art, but maybe not like your style, but you know, you already like Connecticut Valley. So boom, you're going to pick it up. Boom. Boom. But that is a really nice can. That is, that is really nice. And it's been, I know it's been in the fridge for a little while, but I've, I've purposely tried not to really look at it. (laughs) So uh, it's, I'm very impressed by that. That is a nice can. Hey, you got nice cans, Connecticut Valley. <laughs> oh, <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but this beer is very good. This beer is something I wasn't expecting. I don't know how you're feeling about it. I'm enjoying it. I'm just feeling it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I drink too much beer now on the show. I'm not feeling this yet. <laughs> but also I might be processing it quickly mm. because I need to for sustenance. True. Um, Not strong i mean it's strong but it doesn't taste it doesn't strong. taste strong by any means it's very sweet which normally i wouldn't be into but in this case because it's so fleeting i really dig it and yeah it doesn't leave a lingering taste in your mouth which for a lot of double ipas or even ipas a lot of things that really lean on those papaya themed notes in their hops mm-hmm. really leave a lingering taste in your mouth which this is not. So the evolution isn't that big, but also means that you could probably, I mean, I wouldn't recommend drinking most double IPAs with food, but you could with this maybe if you I wanted so. to over most of them. And that key lime kind of note in the hops that they use, the Vic and the Gal- uh, Vic and Galaxy hops, mm-hmm. really cut out the overness of papaya because I've said time and time again on this show how sick I am of the papaya. Not that I don't <laughs> like it. It's just like that's everybody's go-to yeah. in terms of hop varietals and even maybe juices and stuff like that. It's just like, mm, yeah, I need interesting. But why? Yeah. I get that you add more juice to that because the hop already has that. So you add that to it because obviously it works. Yeah. But when you can figure out a way to make it work differently or change it up a little bit, I really like it. And in this case, it really does because you smell when I smelled it, I was actually like, yep, it's going to be a double IPA. (laughs) Not that I wasn't going to like it, but I was going to be like, that's pretty good. But instead I taste it and papaya gives way to that. What I like about double IPAs that use a lot of papaya is the yeastiness that I feel like most double IPAs have that overabundance of it really takes some of the papaya out anyway, that really balances out that papaya. But then that little bit of that key lime and that over sweetness, which I don't know if they added any kind of, you know, glucose or sweetener in it. Uh, like, how did they get it so sweet? I wonder. That I don't know. They I have to say, though, right? I believe so. I mean, if they added lactose, they absolutely have to say just for dietary restriction purposes. Right. But 
Yeah, they didn't specify any. I, I actually, I, I've never seen a, a brewery specify adding sugars other than lactose. But it does taste like they added something, right? I'm not going crazy. No, it, it is pretty sweet. But I, I think that can be attributed to the, the hops themselves because we're not used, we're not used to having beers with exclusively Australian hops. Right. I mean, I know you said we haven't done Galaxy hops, quote unquote, in a minute. But I know that we've had a bunch of beer with Galaxy hops before, and I don't remember them being super sweet. Mm-hmm. Vic Secret, but they they were also had a in conjunction with other with other hops, bitter so yeah. hops. Yeah, Vic Secret, we've only done once or twice. Probably on this show so far, and I. I other than I'm going to go with none. To be completely honest, I really don't remember covering Vic Secret. Really? Yeah. You could be right, but I feel like I've at least had one beer with it before because I've heard that name before as yeah, a hop. No, it's not. Like, an, it's not. Um, Vic Secret is a uh, underwear. <laughs> but I know I've heard it, so I've had it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we have had it. I just don't think we featured it before. I don't know if that's so. Maybe that's super sweet, but this is like a very sweet beer, undercutting the burningness of a double. Wherever that key lime comes from, well, key lime comes from the galaxy, you said. Yeah. Uh, stops the papaya from going too far. And that sweetness stops the burn. And the burn maybe stops the sweetness in the papaya as well. So that your only thing you taste on the back of your tongue is the sweetness, which is nice. Yeah. It's not syrupy sweet. And it's not bitter or dank. Right. And it's entirely, at least for me, mm-hmm. very drinkable. Yeah. Very, very drinkable heavy and like i said it's the you got to get over the fact that there is definitely a lot of sediment in this yeah, beer but it's 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 light it's you apparent don't taste visually it. but you really don't taste it or feel it no so you got to get over yourself but i know that if you're a newer beer drinker it can that's be gonna be something yeah because i remember the first time we saw it, we were like are, Ugh, are we allowed to drink to this there, yeah. yeah it is sometimes there sometimes brewers do it on purpose Mm-hmm. Because it shows like, oh, it's super craft. Yeah. Uh, so they purposely don't filter it all out. In this case, it kind of floats, which kind of proves that it's very light and you can't taste or feel it or anything. Yeah. So it's cool. I wonder if maybe it, the whole like suspension of the sediment. The, se- the sediment is due to carbonation that we don't necessarily see that's keeping it up. Oh, almost in some ways, almost for Although sure, but it doesn't not, rise. It's not a very carbonated feeling, like a mouthfeel, but... It's not. Uh, yeah, no. And you don't see the... You'd think you would see all the sediment kind of going up or down Bouncing, or bubbling yeah. around, kind of lava lamp style, and that really doesn't happen. Like you said earlier, it looks like it's suspended mm-hmm. where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So this is fantastic. This may or may not be my first Connecticut Valley. It's definitely my first full pour or mm. my first uh, take home Connecticut Valley. Yes. This is enough to make me say, yes, I want to try more Let's Connecticut try more. Valley for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's not too far away from us. So I'd be interested in going. No, South Windsor is, isn't bad. Yeah. I'd be interested in going there and checking them out. So cheers to you, Connecticut Valley. Good <laughs> job. And uh, that's all I got. That's all I got. So thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on KrakenOneOpen.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at KrakenOneOpen or shoot us an email at KrakenOneOpen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we would love to hear from you.
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got any plugs? Oh, I've got a few. If you enjoyed the sound of my voice, I've got two other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast to do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about movies that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular film was released at the same time or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema is available every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on social medias. Uh, We do an awesome commercial every Thursday. We think they're awesome. They're pretty funny. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast I do with my buddy Dave, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave, where we talk about all things video game, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, VR, Nintendo Switch. We have it all. We play it all. And join us every other week for a post game presented by Two Player Bros, where we do a deep dive into your favorite new release or modern classic and talk about how it was made, our thoughts on the gameplay and the story. Two Player Bros is available at twoplayerbros.com or wherever you get your podcasts and both of them and us at Cracko and Open are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Aww. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that was a good one.